Hey everyone, Bedroth here, and I am just really excited to finally get this out there. Uh, this is going to be a long episode, so I don't have much to say right now. I just want to drop a little bit of a warning, since I know that... Shukapow and I usually try to keep it clean on these episodes, and there may be a couple of folks out there who listen with their kids. There is a little bit of blue humor in this episode, and um, an occasional A-word, or um, actually I think A-word is about as far as it gets. But anyway, uh, this episode is definitely PG, um, the blooper reel especially, so if uh, that's not your thing, um, word of warning, it's really, really not very flagrant at all, just here and there, but wanted to let you know. Anyway, it was a blast having Jeff back on the show, and you know what? I'll just let it speak for itself. Let's get into it, and as Stan the Man Lee would say, Excelsior. Greetings, gamers. I'm Ben Roth. And I'm Rock Jeff. And you're listening, finally, to the Season 3 finale of Very Good Music, a VGM podcast. hasn't been quite as long for you all as it has been for me. I think it's been three weeks since our uh, the second part of our Carlos and Daryl sort of showcase of Marvel vs. Capcom, which was a great deal of fun. And uh, but for Sorry, me, Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, I recorded that in around the middle of June, and it's July 31st as we're recording right now. So if I'm a little out of practice, now you know why. But that's okay, because I've got some really great support. Shukapau, unfortunately, wasn't able to make it to this particular episode, partially because he's really busy with uh, Summer Marching Band and with his new job at Subway. Oh, sorry, Suubway. Don't want to get sued. But I do have a returning and very, very special guest who is actually hosting me this weekend. So we're recording from a new place. And, uh, yeah, so, who are you? Prof Jeff! Hell yeah. 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 I like, I like comics, too. Yeah, and that's, that's what in, we're talking about. In uh, video games. Yep. The third, third part of our sort of comics trilogy, which I've always, I've been planning for a long time, that that's how we're going to end season three. This episode's going to be a little bit different. We don't have all of the track information, really. We don't know who the composers were for a lot of these songs, so we're just going to introduce the track in the game. As usual, the composers and everything will be in the show notes, so please check that out. Um, I'll go ahead and say up front, you can also find in the show notes links to all of our uh, patrons' um, information, uh, our, our artist information. I'm not going to name drop anybody right now because, like I said, for the summer, the Patreon is on hiatus. But thank you to everyone who is still continuing to support the show in spite of that. We will be picking things back up in Season 4 with the Patreon, although it's slightly revamped. And we'll talk a little more about Season 4 at the end. But for now, Prof Jeff, tell us a little about what we're going to be doing today. Um, listening to superhero songs and comic book related songs. Mm-hmm. 
from video games, of course. From, yeah. And um, as with always, even though Shukapau is not here, we are going to follow our number one rule. Jeff, do you remember what that is? Mm. Big, big swallow of coffee. Yes. Very good music. It's, every, that's what it's got to be. Every Yeah, exactly. Uh, we are um, imbibing while we... Uh, while we record, I have a glass of water because otherwise I'm not going to last this episode because it might go a little bit long. I also have a very cool Irish cup of coffee flavored with chocolate ice cream with um, Spider-Man and his thwip sound, Wolverine and his snicked sound, and some really cool Captain America and Iron Man stuff, Marvel Comics all the way. And uh, your coffee mug is also a, a Marvel in and of itself, right? Yeah, it's a limited edition Modoc mug. I used to have one, it was really beautiful, so it's just a coffee cup shaped like the villain Modoc from, you might know him from Marvel vs. Capcom 3. And also from the new uh, show with uh, Patton Oswalt uh, voicing Modoc. Yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> it didn't look promising to me. He's also in, what was it, the, the Square Enix Avengers game that nobody liked. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think we're playing anything from that game today. I'm not. Okay, yep, me neither, but uh, that's okay. Better left unsaid, I think, uh, with that game. Too late. But if I were going to pick somebody to voice Modoc, I think Patton Oswalt would be pretty close to the top of my list. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem with Patton Oswalt. He's really cool. Yeah, like it's just I don't... Uh, but I don't know, the show didn't look like my thing. You're a little bit more, um, I guess, choosy about comic book adaptations. Well, because I feel like I've already seen all the best stuff. I mean, you've... So, dear viewer, you've... Audience. Dear hearers? Gamers. Well, that's Gamers. what I call them, but yeah, listeners. Yeah. Listeners. But you you can't see my shelves right now. We're next to like my big comic book book fort. Right. So half of the shelves are for my dissertation, and the other half are just me reading Justice League comics. Yep. In our first season finale, uh, no, that wasn't the finale. That was just episode 11 of season one. But Jeff's first appearance on the show, we talked about uh, religion in games, and that is what all the, the dissertation stuff is with regard to. But now we're talking about his, uh, his other uh, specialty and passion, which is comics. And should probably talk about music too. Speaking of adaptations, <laughs> um, video game superhero games—that's a thing. Traditionally, are not always very great. There are some notable exceptions. We're going to be talking about some of those on the episode. But a lot of the games themselves are just kind of mediocre at best. Especially, God love him, Superman in video games. Poor guy. Oh, poor guy. Superman is really hard, I think, to do well in almost any medium outside of comics. I mean, we were just playing Dragon Ball Fighters last night, and that's basically about aliens with, like, laser beam powers beating yeah. the crap out of each other. Yeah, I mean, Goku is the Japanese Superman. So, so really, they could... I mean, if Superman and the Monkey King had a baby, it would be a marvel of biology. Uh, and it would also be Goku, the character. I would really love to see a um, Arc System Works take on a superhero fighting game. Yeah. I think if DC did that, that could that could really rival the, uh, the Marvel versus Capcom franchise. Yeah, and I mean, that's my whole thing i would probably i would give i would probably give like half of my body for like an arxis dc versus marvel game oh man you've been talking about dc versus marvel games for a while back in uh in high school or early college mm -hmm. i think you put together actually some rosters that looked really really impressive for a dc versus marvel concept game and that was that was really cool yeah um, we, should, we should totally but, talk about music or else this is gonna take we, all we should i was gonna say that this uh <laughs> we're actually not even recording at night but i'm still gonna say tonight probably well if but, we keep going it will <laughs> it will be yeah uh, this is gonna be a lot of what the episode is though we're gonna talk about music we're gonna talk about comics quite a bit and uh, you're gonna hear just some 
sort of candid conversation between me and Jeff, which is some of my favorite times. Uh, I think you already know you're one of my favorite people just to talk to because we go all kinds of places and it gets really deep sometimes. But music. These video game adaptations have another thing in common. A lot of them have very good music. And you know what? Let's go ahead and get into one. Oh, but first, real quick, before we get into that, what was that awesome intro teaser that we played it with? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was trying to get you to talk about that, <laughs> actually. Uh, it was so the title of the track is Summoned by Galactus, and it's from the Silver Surfer game for the mm. NES, which is kind of just a little side scrolling shooting game, but with the Silver Surfer. Yeah, it's also really, really hard, but. We'll get back into Superman in a second. Um, the same. Norn Rad, Kal-El. Fun fact, uh, really cool Superman Silver Surfer crossover um, from, I think, want to say the, the 90s, 90s um, that features uh, Mr. Mixiek's Piddleck and the Impossible Man, who are both these reality-warping entities from DC and Marvel, respectively. And it's a really fun little, little game. But Silver Surfer, I want to talk about it for a second. <laughs> um, this game is famous in the VGM community because it's one of several games that are just, they really showcase the amazing talents of Tim Fallen. And um, I don't know if we have any more Tim Fallen in the episode today. There are definitely some things that sound like him on my list, uh, but one other game that's not on my list, but that um, is an honorable mention is Spider-Man and the X-Men and Arcade's Revenge, which is, again, not a great game. Tim Fallen kind of had a curse of um, making really great music for games that were not great. Uh, but it, it was fun in its own way, but it has a rockin' soundtrack. One of the reasons we're not playing anything from it is because they're also really, really long, which a lot of tr Fallen's tracks were. But the Silver Surfer music, the Stage 1 music especially, is just... It's crazy what he was able to get out of the NES sound chip. And he really pushed all of the sound chips that he worked on to their absolute limit. Uh, but yeah... Fantastic play-in. Uh, do you have anything else to say about the Silver Surfer or Galactus before we move on? Oh, yeah. I just really like this track um, because it was it was short. Um, I had trouble choosing between this and the really horrible voiceover for Justice League Task Force for the Genesis <laughs> um, as an intro. You will never defeat me. I control the technology. I have the power to control your mind. But like this kind of, it's amazing how on the NES sound chip technology, he was able to incorporate, also the cover looks really sick if you've ever seen it, um, to really incorporate an aspect of you know, superhero-ness. Because a lot of times it's hard to find a song that really fits with a particular character, but this song really fits, you know, Silver Surfer's, you know, the sort of cosmic, trippy, you know, the sort of sense of wonder and playfulness that is sort of imbued in the Silver Surfer mythos, which is, like, some naked dude in body paint with a surfboard who is also, like, an angel and, like, a, you know, supposedly agnostic Christ metaphor. Um, <laughs> you had another connection to Superman. Yeah, inter intercessionary angel, you know, up, up, and away for Jesus and all that. Um, <laughs> I mean, this, okay, this is, this is starting to sound like Zack Snyder's Lex Luthor, so we're gonna probably go to the next song now. <laughs> yeah, I think it's probably about time, but you mentioned Lex Luthor, so I mentioned that Superman doesn't have a great history in video games and for a lot of people that started with the just atrocious Superman NES 64? No, oh. NES Superman game. What about the, isn't there an Atari one too? 
I think there is. I don't know anything about it. And for a lot of people, I think, especially a lot of people whose like generation is my main listener base mm. and in the VGM um, podcast fan base, the, the, the NES, the NES <laughs> and its uh, its contemporaries were kind of the first generation for them. Um, the Atari also notably didn't have a lot of like long form music in it, and so. Um, that was really bleeps and bloops back then, but there are some exceptions, of course. But the NES Superman game, I've got a little bit of nostalgia for it. Uh, it was one of the NES games I owned, and so I played it a lot. And it got to where I, I, I could do decently well, but even for as many hours as I put into that game as a kid, I have no idea what you're supposed to do. It's just really, really weird. Um, and if you haven't played it, you can uh, you find a, a copy somewhere, I'm sure, and put a little bit of time into it, just see how it is, or just watch a playthrough. The music is also not great. A little bit of a connection here from our last episode. One of the Daily Planet themes is actually, let's see if you remember this melody. Do you know what that song is? I feel like I almost do, but I don't. I don't think I'll think of it either. Yeah, it's the hymn "Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus." I I don't. I'm I'm crap. I'm I'm supposed to be in a religion program, and I like don't know my Jesus. But for some reason, they used it as one of the Daily Planet themes, and it's not a bad rendition of it, but. We're not playing that one. What we are going to play, because I think it's fitting yeah. for the opening, it's the best track in the game. We're going to play the title slash menu music from the NES Superman. to the John Williams theme without being it. Um, and, uh, you know, it's not as big and epic, but what'd you think? It was interesting. You were talking earlier, I guess we weren't recording that, about him, like a Christian hymn being adapted to a Superman song. Uh, no, we were recording. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. And so this, I mean, this has a very sort of almost like churchy theme. It reminds me of the spiritual warfare oh, NES yeah. game. That's what I'm really thinking of. Um, which is actually a prequel to The Binding of Isaac, if you've ever played it. Is that official? Is that canon? No. Okay, but your head canon. It makes sense. Yeah. It's actually, it's not a horrible game. I've played through it, and it's not its not fantastic by any means, but it was easily the religious game that I had the most fun with, and I mean, there's not great That's stuff That's really impressive. To. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, but no, it was, it was, it was alright, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about... Comic book I mean, it's only the, it's only the religious game that you've had the most fun with because God of War wasn't out yet. <laughs> yep, yep. I, sh- I should say the Christian game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, if you think Kratos will ever fight Jesus? Um, maybe. I mean, I'm sure there's like maybe if Newgrounds were still around, he would. So he can't behead Paul because Nero did that. 
but uh, sorry, we're getting off track again. Um, so why did you choose this in particular, aside from Superman being a crap g- game? And like, what what does this capture to you about Superman? Because it seems like I have an idea of what I think of, but what what do you think of? I think for me, it harkens back to like the um, the maybe the Golden and Silver Age Superman, where he's this like wholesome uh, all American hero. And again, it sounds similar in 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 spirit to the John Williams Superman theme. Um, it is. It was one of the best soundtracks, or one of the best songs I heard from a Superman game. A lot of them are really just kind of meh. The the Death and Return of Superman on SNES was it was it wasn't a great game, and the soundtrack was also. That's a nice title. Yep, yep. <laughs> and it's based on a nice nice comic run. Yeah. Um, but I did find the Superman game on the Genesis is one of my honorable mentions. It has a, a good soundtrack, um, nice Kodaka-esque sort of dark jazz funk style, but that's similar to some other stuff on my list, and so that's why I left it off in favor of this. I also thought this would be kind of a short, nice... I actually thought of this as an intro to, to yeah. the show, um, but then I wanted to give that to you, and I'm glad I did, because yeah. yours, yours is better, but... Uh, this was fun. It was a nice little happy way to start things out. What's interesting is that, um, of course, Noren, I was just mentioning how Silver Surfer and Superman have some sort of similarities, but what's interesting is with that, like, it captures, yes, there is a cosmic aspect of Superman. Um, I highly, I actually enjoyed Man of Steel, um, mm-hmm. which I watched, just, I mean, it was silly but enjoyable. Um, and so you have a lot of, you know, space battles, you have wonder and sort of trippiness, but I feel like the Silver Surfer song would have worked better, like, with the Green Lantern as a DC hero. Um, and it doesn't capture the sort of innocence and sort of, I mean, yeah, wholesomeness of Superman. And so when I was listening to the song, I actually would imagine it really great as a credit song with him sort of flying off into the distance. Yeah. Um, or Or even if I were sort of making a like a modern pixel art Superman game I would have you know of course him fight the final boss which would be like Darkseid or the Anti-Monitor or mm-hmm. some such and then there would be you know a really dark scary thing cutscene after you like fight the boss and then the boss would almost win and then there would be like this would be a haunting sort of refrain and you know the innocence would come back and mm. defeat evil mm. and he'd fly off into the distance that's a really cool idea. Do you have any Superman on your list tonight? I so I wasn't able to afford Superman, so I got the off-brand alternative. Okay. Um, have you heard of so this song? I guess we'll talk about it when we get back. Okay. This song is the main theme for the Sega CD game Ultraverse Prime.
So that song was seven minutes. Yeah. And man, gosh, if I didn't play all of it, because like you were saying when it was playing, that song went some places. <laughs> I think if I took anything away from this song, he's uh, primed for justice, uh, primed to uh, deliver the good from the bad. Explode on the streets of the city. Explode on the streets of the city, yes. <laughs> oh, he's going to get himself some justice. Yeah, he's going to get right. himself some justice. He's, he's growing so fast. I laughed so much at those amazing cheesy vocals. It's so it's so sincere. <laughs> it is. And then it's backed up with like really badass guitar work. And so oh, it is. Someone's yeah. like, it's like life work, and they're thinking, you know, all this all these years in art school, like in music school, um, you know, everything's building up to this. This will be my magnum opus. And man, that guitar bar, it was really shredding. It was really really good. Yeah. But man, those earnest vocals. Like if Rocky 
got in some kind of accident and became a superhero, and there was a comic book about him, and then they made a movie or a video game, this would be Rocky's theme. <laughs> this is so Survivor-esque. And, uh, well, I mean, Rocky, I guess, eventually did become Judge Dredd, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, okay, tell me about Prime, because when I saw this artwork on the video, uh, my first thought was this has to be something from, like, Image or something like that. But you're telling me it's actually from Malibu Comics. Yeah, Malibu Comics. Yeah. What What is this? So Malibu Comics originally there was there was small press in the '90s, and when Image was first getting started, Malibu Comics um, printed Image's stuff. Okay. Um, and so Image had a sort of agreement with theirs. So if you look at the if you if you look at the credit pages on Image first issues, which are actually quite cheap <laughs> because they were overprinted. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I got Young Bloods and like X Force number one. X Force is an image, but it might as well be. Um, I think I collected most of the number ones, except for Spawn, of course. Mm. But um, Malibu worked with them, and Malibu had their own Ultraverse thing. So there was Malibu. There were Malibu comics in general, but then there was the Ultraverse which was sort of branded to be their like traditional superhero shared universe. Mm-hmm. And Prime was, you know, one of their main superheroes. His backstory, he's actually not based on Superman as much as he's based on Billy Batson, the original Captain Marvel. Yeah, no, no, so, Shazam. Yeah. I we mean, don't have to go there, but it's a sort of Yeah, no, I, I thought Cap- calling him Captain Marvel was fun. Um, don't don't ask. That's still what I know him as, but yeah. yeah. But uh, so Billy Batson, aka the original Captain Marvel, the non-Marvel Captain Marvel. Yep. He is, um, you know, he was a kid who met a wizard on the subway who gave him magic powers, and he said Shazam. Mm-hmm. So with whoever Prime is, I'm forgetting. It's like kid. Instead of meeting a wizard, he met someone who experimented on him genetically. And instead of lightning, he just has, like, green ooze. And so the image, like, the quote-unquote image comics-style art for Prime mm-hmm. is actually... He's actually meant to be deformed. Is That's actually his powers, that he's coated in slime, and he looks like he has, like, massive terminal super cancer. Oh, wow. Um, those aren't muscles, those are tumors. Okay. Yeah, and then his arch-nemesis is Dr. Gross, who experimented on him. And then I think the guy who we were seeing on the title screen was, like, subject random numbers, who was, like, the sort of, like, abortive, like, monster test tube baby servant thing. Oh, my gosh, it's Dr. Fetus from Meat Boy. <laughs> oh, yeah, actually. Um, it's actually... So, one of the reasons why I know this... So, do you, did you know much about Ultraverse and Malibu comics back in the day? I didn't. I know Street Fighter had a run on Malibu, and uh, it was it was, it was was enjoyable. Um, there was a one crossover where E-Honda fought the ferret... Which, uh, Mortal Kombat 2, right? I, I don't remember. Uh, I, I I was mostly into DC and Marvel, I think, mm-hmm. by the late 90s, and so I, I didn't, don't know much about the other comics outside of like Spawn, like you said, because he got mainstream. But yeah. So, no, I don't know much. So, Ultraverse, I mostly know them from the Ultra Force animated series. So, it's 13 episodes. <clears throat> that would be super fun, maybe, to play in the background at some point. But it's... Like, 13 episodes, and it's ripping off the 1992 X-Men animated series. But the storyline, like, the characters, it's more of, like, a sort of Justice League kind of situation, because it's supposed to be the best heroes of the Ultra Ultraverse. And so you have Prime and Hard Case. Um, I remember Hard Case. 
Topaz, who's like Wonder Woman, but like overtly sexist and less likable. And then you have this woman who looks exactly like Emma Frost, has a chair exactly like Xavier's, and she sort of flies around in the chair and orders people around, and then when she parks it, she just like gets up and walks. And she's not. She's just like lazy and just doesn't feel like walking places, um, which is pretty impressive. I forgot what her name is. I want to say Serenity, but that's the name of a spaceship. Um, yeah, and so they have team ups with Nightman, who's a saxophonist who can like see evil or something. I forget. And Mantra, that's who's like a boy who can like transform into a, a his like sexy female WoW avatar, uh, Avant Lelectra, before WoW was the thing. And, um, yeah, so Prime is, like, edgy boy Shazam, and then there was one episode where he hits puberty and gets super edgy, and then he turns into Rogue Prime, which is Prime, but dressed as a biker, and it has a hairy chest, and is angry for no reason. Ah, the Dark Age version. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, I mean, you're, you have, like, your kids are getting older. Yep, yep, so I know it is. Speaking of characters that have a, uh, oh, are you, are you, are you done with, uh, <laughs> yeah. okay. Speaking of characters who have a sort of dark and edgy, uh, era in their history, we already talked about Superman, and of course the other, uh, um, DC monoliths, well, the trilogy of Superman, Wonder Woman, and we're getting around to Batman. I mean, they're not books. What it's a mean? trinity, not a trilogy. Trinity, that's what I meant. Yeah, thank you. Uh, the Trinity, DC, uh, DC is uh, Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman. Yeah, and uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I, I love Batman. Um, just unironically, I think he's great. He, he is my second favorite superhero. The top spot goes uh, to well, well, we'll talk about that a little bit later because it comes yeah. up. But we're gonna play a song now by one of my favorite composers, Jake Kaufman. I actually do know this one. This is a track from the, I believe it's DS game, Batman the Brave and the Bold, which we were talking about earlier today. This is the boss fight theme for Gorilla Grodd. Jake Kaufman. <laughs> that song was amazing. <laughs> oh, the horns and just this that that epic big band sound that it's that's like straight out of the show too. 
and which the show I, I loved the soundtrack to it because it harkened back to like the Adam West sort of um, campy style of Batman. And I don't know much about this game. Uh, I've heard it, it, I heard it's it's decent, and um, uh, but man, Jay Kaufman can just do anything, and he does it all so well. What did you like about this song? Um, I also love how it's like edgy Donkey Kong. <laughs> yep, yep. But it just so one of the things I really love is whenever you have really really rapid beats in the background, really complex beats, and then the sort of main melody line sort of you know fades in and out of it. I don't know really how to explain it, but it's just really I just really enjoyed it. Me neither. But Kaufman does that really well. The the Supermark Autobros have talked about that quite a bit. His ability to he just there is no empty space, no unused space. He just maximizes every bit of real estate, and um, but Gorilla Grodd is not widely known as a Batman villain. He's the main villain of uh, the Flash, right? Or one of the yeah. one of the villains. He's in the Flash's Rogues Gallery. Yeah, um, that's the thing about so Batman: Brave and the Bold is a team up show, mm-hmm. and so there's no there's no sort of solo Batman. I think that actually makes it one of the if. I were to say, I think it might be like the definitive show of the DC Universe, aside from, you know, say Justice League, because it shows everything else. And, I mean, this was this was in like the Christopher Nolan heyday with the mm-hmm. Dark Knight trilogy. Um, so this with, was like a really good counterpoint to that. Yeah, and yeah. it was wonderful, wonderfully made. It went on for like a bunch of episodes, and there's some real, there's some really great masterpieces in there. Um, and so Grodd was actually the main, the sort of main villain, and so they sort of had this almost like bat embargo. So like Joker didn't show up until like I think the final episode of like the first season or something, and so instead they just borrowed you know DC villains in general, and Gorilla Grodd is kind of the main villain of that series. One of the uh, we were talking earlier about. Uh... <laughs> the Music Meister song and how it gets in your head. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris actually is the voice of the Music Meister in that episode. Oh, interesting. And um, it just goes very well. And uh... The Music Meister! Oh, I'm the Music Meister! He's the Music Meister! And everyone just falls. He's the Music Meister! But yeah, it's a great show. You lent this show, this series to me uh, several years ago, and I mm. just binged the whole thing, and it's it's just fantastic. Really great show. And a really great song to go along with it. Uh, do you have any Batman on your list? Yeah, actually, I was actually going to move next to that. Um, okay, cool. So you remember Batman the Animated Series, right? Who doesn't, man? When you said this was the definitive DC Universe show, I almost corrected you, but then you explained what you meant, that this showcases yeah. the DC Universe. T-Bass is the definitive Batman show, I think. Yeah. It's, it's just iconic. Like, everything in DC animation is built on the foundation that Bruce Timm laid with Batman. And Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill, of course. Yeah. But yeah, so, um, this is, would this be the uh, Batman and Robin SNES game? Or? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll talk more about, like, the game itself, but, I mean... So, I mean, you remember the motifs, the light motifs of the characters. Yeah. And so, you know, for the um, the penguin, he has this doo-doo, 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 doo-doo. And then you have Two-Face has that really haunting, like, creepy 
I don't. I can't do it justice. Uh, the music in this series was amazing, yeah. and of course, laid on again the foundation that Danny Elfman laid with the Tim Burton Batman film. But just really, really great. Everything about the mood of that show was amazing, and the music was a big part of that. So yeah. So let's see. Batman's motif was that classic. Yeah. And then, uh, do you remember the Joker's light motif? I don't. I remember it being, if I'm if I'm remembering it correctly, like dangerously playful kind of theme. Yeah, it's like kind of this carnival, like do 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 do. Yes. Yes. Yeah, which really goes well with Mark Hamill's excellent, excellent Joker. He should have done Joker live action. Oh my god. Oh yeah, he totally could. But so I wanted I wanted to mention this specifically because this is. SNES Batman um, Adventures of Batman and Robin is the proper title of the game Mm -hmm. and the title of this track is Final Battle with the Joker final duel with the Joker. Duel, not battle. Um, Batman and Joker are definitely fighting and they're not friends uh, um, from the SNES version of The Adventures of Batman and Robin. This was really fun. Uh, Very chaotic, which again fits the Joker and uh, does harken back to that, that, that playful theme and I remember this game actually being really fun. The Batman beat-em-up games, this one and Batman Returns on the uh, SNES, were, were both really fun. Batman Forever should not be spoken of. Uh, it's uh, similar to sub- Mortal Kombat mythology Sub-Zero on the SNES. It's just not not good. But this this game um, was fun, and uh, this music is really, really cool. Yeah, I mean, oh. that's one of the reasons why I belabored the motifs at the beginning, uh-huh. is because... You can hear the motifs fighting each other in the song. And so you, you hear the beginning of the Batman riff, and, but then it sort of skews off, and then you hear the beginning of the Joker riff yeah. within the song. So that's why, like, if you keep that in mind when you listen to the song, it becomes even better than if you just sort of go in raw and don't really know what you're expecting. Yeah, it's I love it when composers do that. I'll be interested to see who composed this one, but... Um, it's. It reminds me of. I've, I've talked about that a lot with the Hyrule Castle theme in Breath of the Wild. The motifs mm. playing off each other and sort of fighting with each other, and that works really well for a final boss fight. I think it's. That's really a lot of fun. Yeah. I also wanted to mention that with the other adventure. So when I was looking at this, first of all, this was, this was kind of a dream find for me because I'd never heard these soundtracks before. And as a kid in high school, the Batman animated series DVD sets came out. 
And so I bought all of them and I rewatched everything for the first time since I was like five or something. And they were still just as good, if not better, than when I was five years old because they're just really good quality. And I love the music and I even, um, somewhere on the internet, like there was my attempts at trying to like remix the songs in Fruity Loops and having like really edgy remixes because I was thinking, you know, oh, Batman plus remixes, that would be great. And that's what this game sort of gives you. And then if you look, if you snoop a bit more, you can see how there's the adventures of Batman and Robin on SNES, on Genesis, and on Sega CD. Different soundtracks. And then, you know, if you look at the covers and the track listings, he actually fights different sets of villains in each one. So cool. Um, Sega CD has a really excellent Clayface theme, um, and then Mad Hatter and like the Riddler are in like one game each. Um, and so he actually the, they modify the Rogues Gallery in the different games, and so that's really fun. That's really cool. That'd be fun to go out and listen to some of those soundtracks as well, and uh, listen through. Clayface is a great villain. I think he's really, he could be utilized a lot more. Clayface and Hatter, actually. Yeah. On Facebook, there was a poll recently that I saw that asked what the most, I guess, underrated Batman Rogue was, and I said Clayface and Hatter both, I think, could be utilized really well. But anyway, yeah. But both villains a lot of fun, and this track was a lot of fun, too. I'm going to switch gears on us a little bit. We've been talking a lot about DC. Our play-in track, of course, was from Marvel. Um, The... uh, and pardon some of our background noise. Like I said, we're recording in a different place, and so there may be some apartment-y uh, ambient sounds in the background with some of Jeff's neighbors. But we're going to switch gears and go to a Marvel game. And I've got a couple of Marvel tracks on the list today. The first one comes from... I was almost going to pick something from a soundtrack that has gotten some airtime on this show. At least we've talked about it. Uh, and that's X-Men Mutant Apocalypse on the SNES, which may be my favorite superhero game ever. It was so much fun. Um, the controls were really great. There was kind of a... It was a side-scrolling beat-em-up type game, but uh, there wasn't any up-and-down movement. It was kind of like the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers game on the SNES that way. It was just... It was flat. But you also had, you could do super moves with the X-Men using Street Fighter II style inputs. And the soundtrack was by one of the composers of uh, Mega Man X, which is why we talked about it on my episode with Skeletroy. Um, and I was going to play the Cyclops theme, which is a classic. Uh, it's really, really good stuff. I decided not to partially because we've talked about it before, and I think everybody knows that theme. If you don't, go check it out, X-Men Mutant Apocalypse, Cyclops' theme. There's really great music in that game. But I went with an X-Men game I hadn't heard of before I was doing uh, research on this episode, which is X-Men Mutant Wars on the Game Boy Color. Mm. And don't know who the composer is. It sounds like Alberto Gonzalez, but I, I don't think it was him. But it's yeah, definitely got that sound to it. You could listen to almost anything from the soundtrack, and I definitely encourage you to go seek it out. I couldn't find it on YouTube, uh, so you'll have to find it somewhere else. But I'm going to play one that when I was listening through to it with Shu Kapow, we, we thought, okay, this is a great theme, and we really should have played it on our train episode. This is the train stage theme from X-Men Mutant Wars on the Game Boy Color.
and that was Train from X-Men Mutant Wars on the Game Boy Color, and I misspoke. This is, does not sound like Alberto Gonzalez at all. I think I was thinking of another Game Boy soundtrack I almost played something from, which is Blade on the Game Boy. Um, really, really cool soundtrack, especially tracks 1 and 16, if you can find that, um, but that was really good. This, though, sounds like classic NES. Like, I can't place it. Konami, Capcom, Hudson, Sunsoft. It sounds like it could be really any of those, but it's uh, really good. I'll be interested to see who the publisher and, again, the composer are. What did you think of this track? I really liked it. It had that nice sort of climbing quality that you expect on a train song. Like, I was thinking about the sort of momentum of the train mm -hmm. and the difficulty. You know, you have to have a sort of, you know, locomotion in these kind of songs. Hey, and so, it, hey, you know, yeah. had, some, had some sort of, you know, that element of striving that I don't know how to put hey, in a better way. You could definitely hear the from the train, uh, similar to the TMNT Turtles in Time theme, uh, Bury My Shell a Wounded Knee in that way. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, this, this would have fit right in on the train episode, but I'm glad I got to play it on this one. Is there a, is there a boss on the train? I don't know. I, I don't really know much about this game or, or is it at just all. like, well, let's go on the train now. It might be like an in-between stage, and then it passes on to another stage where you fight a boss. Um, but really, like I said, almost any track from this game could have made the episode really, really great soundtrack. I actually recommended this to a fellow VGM podcaster, uh, Jason Ariola from uh, the Rock Out With Your Card Out podcast, because he likes to play. He's been on a kick lately of playing kind of obscure um retro titles that just have really great soundtracks and so this made me think of him and uh, definitely go check out Rock Out With Your Card Out it's a great show it doesn't sound very X-Men-y though it doesn't really much if you if this were like a superhero theme what hero do you think this would go with? Mega Man <laughs> yeah I thought Mega Man <laughs> it's yeah. like uh, maybe if there was like a Deathlock if there was like a Deathlock game mm. um, Deathlock is also kind of 90s-ish and he's also a robot. Yep, I remember. Uh, I remember knowing about Deathlock. I don't know much, mm -hmm. much of him. But well, it doesn't. It doesn't. It does, it's not like a high flying theme, so I wouldn't think of Iron Man. But someone yeah. who's like, you know, it's more sort of earthy. I mean, like X Men have been on trains before. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Um, often, often like trains to mutant comps, concentration camps, but I'm sure other stuff too. Ah, uh, Magneto. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, X Men. I, I, I want to go in a different direction, though. Okay. I wanted to uh, actually have a Game Boy track, too. Do you know Do you know what which one it would be? I want to come back to that, but I want to talk a little about the X-Men real okay. quick. Um, so, because I mean, you can't really talk about comics without talking about X-Men. They're, they're a, major, yeah. a major force. And you were, we were talking before we started recording about your kind of, I guess, love-hate relationship with Batman and with the X-Men. Well, it's not... I but, mean, as characters, they're fine, but I just can't... I pretty much am incapable of, join, of enjoying any X-Men or Batman stuff because I really enjoyed it as a kid, and I feel like I've already enjoyed the best part of both franchises, and so nothing else interests me. And, of course, we played a lot of X-Men on the Marvel vs. Capcom episodes, mm -hmm. and uh, Carlos is a big fan of the X-Men. He's talked about that, and the Bendis run specifically, which you and I have been talking about some this weekend. It's better It's better than I thought it would be. I'm currently reading it, actually. But, um, and actually, we were talking a little about JLA earlier, and uh, you're, you're lending me a lot of JLA and JSA comics as well, which I'm very appreciative of. I'll take yeah, care of them. That stands for the Justice League and the Justice Society. Yeah, Justice Society of America, which... Uh, Probably no Justice Society games. I um, actually I didn't find any video games about Justice Society or yeah, or true. Captain Marvel when I was looking. So what? really, um, wow. Yeah, I guess well, it's because uh, 
It's because DC owns him, and they kind of just don't want to cross the streams. And also uh, DC, like I think DC is not quite as good when it comes to when it comes to licensing their characters, because it's just like everything's Superman and Batman, and we're not going to make good games either. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. with exceptions. Uh, there's also but, an Aquaman game that was also quite bad. Yeah, yeah, I did see that one, and the music wasn't great on that either. Oh, it was it was quite bad. Um, I'm trying to think though of what your Game Boy game would be. Is it is it Batman on the Game Boy? No, because that, that that's a really great soundtrack. Um, similar to what you were talking about with. Um, so it's not Marvel and DC or DC. Okay. Well, sim- well, similar to what you were talking about with uh, Batman animated series, Batman and Robin. Um, the Batman was ported to Game Boy, and there was a oh. well, not ported. There was a Batman game on the NES, on the Game Boy, and on the Genesis. All three. Um, slightly different games, different villains, different soundtracks. Naoki Kodaka actually did both the NES and Genesis versions, um, but uh, so that that's another kind of cool parallel with that. Like you said, Batman's everywhere. No, I really. Now that you said it's not Marvel or DC, I RoboCop. Close. Okay. That would be actually a good fit for the train song. Yeah, the RoboCop soundtracks are also really good. Game Boy, famously, uh, I think Jonathan Dunn did that one. The title theme of RoboCop on the Game Boy is really great. Um, But no, uh, what is your next track? It's Astro Boy, Omega Factor. Oh, we were just talking about Mega Man, and I was going to say Astro Boy. And the track is Metro City. Metro City from Astro Boy Omega Factor on the Game Boy Advance. Man, this is great. And the Game Boy Advance does not have a famously like fantastic sound chip, although it does have some really great soundtracks uh, composition-wise. But this sounds really good. And it definitely has that sort of high-flying 
uh, sort of innocent feel that I personally associate with Astro Boy. And uh, I, I made the joke of Matrocity, which uh, you don't, obviously don't get the reference, but um, that's a joke from uh, Megamind, um, which is a, uh, ah. a DreamWorks animated movie. Okay, I, haven't, I saw that and enjoyed it, but I don't remember, I don't get the reference. Yeah, Megaman, or Megamind, <laughs> all kinds of connections, Megaman, Megamind, Astro Boy. Anyway, mm-hmm. Megamind uh, doesn't know how to pronounce a lot of things, and so ah. Metro City, he pronounces it Metrocity. And uh, anyway, but let's get back to Astro Boy. Wait, so Megamind is in Metrocity too? Oh yeah, Mega Megamind takes place in Metro City. So so Astro Boy, Megaminds, Captain Commando, and the and the Streets of Rage people. Wait, no, not Streets of Rage. Final Fight. They all live in the same town. Wow. Apparently so. Although I, I didn't see Mike Hagar in Megamind. That that would have made it much better. Yeah, it must must be right next to Townsville. <laughs> the city of Townsville. We have any Powerpuff on the episode? Uh, no. I so I I came up with this. Um, it was tough. So one, I had an ulterior motive for choosing this track before finding it. That's why I was thinking it's because I wanted a Japanese superhero. Okay, cool, cool. Well, I mentioned Power Rangers, which we could have gone with. We yeah. talked about Dragon Ball Z, but Astro Boy is, I think, as as quintessential there. So, um, but yeah, what talk about talk about the track? Talk about Astro Boy? Just yeah. Talk. So um, one thing, fun thing about I've heard. I'm not sure if this is true. I think it is. Um, rumor has it, Rockman, the original Mega Man game. Um, he was originally going to be like Rockman Rainbow Warrior, where you could like change colors. Mm-hmm. Um, but before that, it was going to be a licensed Astro Boy game. I think that is true. And that afterwards, they just kind of gave him a new coat of paint. I've heard about that. I don't know if it was Ed Wilson um, from the BG Embassy or somebody else. Maybe Michael Bridgewater from Forever Sound Version or the Dyad from Dyad Presents. One of my BGM podcast friends has mentioned that, I think, before. But yeah, yeah, uh, the obvious similarities. And yeah, I mean, they, they definitely look the same. Um, There's a death battle with Mega Man and Astro Boy, which was a lot of fun. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, they also, Astro Boy is interesting. So Astro Boy and Mega Man basically have the same backstory in that they're like little robot kids and then they take down like rogue robots. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference though is that. Astro Boy is actually based on a dead kid, <laughs> and, oh, wow. and Mega like Rock was just like the it you was know just made because Doctor Light wanted a kid. Yeah, um, yeah, but but Astro Boy was made um, in Japanese Tetsuon Adam, uh, the my Iron Arm Matt Adam, huh. and he was created because uh, a scientist like his kid died, and so he made Astro Boy to look like his dead kid, and then he resented Astro Boy for looking like his dead kid, and then he, very Japanese, and then Doctor Light. I'm not gonna unpack that. Okay. Um, and then <laughs> then like you know Doctor Light, a guy who looks exactly like Doctor Light, adopted <laughs> Astro Boy, um, and so he has like, this whole broken home backstory. And while we're talking about Japanese superheroes, Astro Boy has the same has pretty much the same backstory as the Japanese superhero Cutie Honey. Okay, you've talked about Cutie Honey before. Is that a guy, I think I think she's actually injured. I think she's like a genetically, a scientist had a daughter who was weirdly attractive. Um, <laughs> and then he, this is even more Japanese, also, by the way. I'm not going to unpack that, but yeah, um, <laughs> I was going to say. And that he had like this daughter who's like weirdly attractive. And so he like makes, I think she dies or something. And he makes like a robot based on her. And she has like a special robot necklace that can make her transform into different cosplay powered things. Um, <laughs> Cutie Honey, the Soldier of Love, is 
the man like she's credited as the inventor of the magical girl genre so she's before okay. before sailor v and then sailor moon and um if you see the movie big hero six from pixar there's a character called honey lemon mm-hmm. who's based off of beauty honey okay and then you also have one of the characters as a clock um that looks like mazinger z which is a super robot um, before, so before Gundam happened, there was the genre called Super Robot, where you would have things that were just like American superhero comics, but in mechas. Ah, okay. And so uh, Getterobo and like Mazinger Z are big ones. And then were, the, were they featured in the uh, Super Robot Wars yeah. series? Okay, yeah. They're one of the founding Super Robots. Okay, cool. Well, we've talked about that. We're definitely going to have to do a Super Robot Wars episode at some point. Um, oh, yeah great music I think, the, I think they get a bit of devil man in there he's my favorite Japanese superhero cool I wanted to find some good devil man music but then I didn't well to backtrack a little bit if you're ready to segue yeah um, you mentioned Pixar Big Hero 6 uh, when we were talking about Astro Boy it made me think of the new DuckTales cartoon um, mm. and which is just just fantastic I mean they also have big, they have big eyes in that one too yeah if you, if you haven't watched the new DuckTales cartoon especially if you haven't watched it because you're nostalgic for the original you don't want to ruin it watch it it's whether you like the original or not this this show is great i'm nodding my head you can't hear it <laughs> there's a yeah your brain's not rattling around it's too big um uh there's a character in the new ducktales named boyd who starts out as he's a creation by this um super smart sort of steve jobs-esque uh or um maybe more uh who's elon the, musk who's the facebook guy uh ah oh, damn it Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. Yeah, I guess Zuckerberg-esque, but he's a he's a villain in the show, and he's like this this tech giant, but he like steals everybody else's ideas. Um, and he book he creates Boyd, who is this robot boy, and um, he eventually Boyd changes sides and joins the Duck family. And there's one one episode that takes place in Japan. Um, where he like goes all Astro Boy on everything, and it's really fun. That's fun. And that's a segue into my next track because my next track, uh, sandwiched in between my Marvel games, is from it's for a character owned by Marvel's parent company of Disney. We're going to be playing Moliarty's stage from Darkwing Duck on the NES. <laughs> Thank you. 
love this soundtrack. I love this game. Um, so this was uh, developed by Capcom. Uh, it's got that sort of Mega Man-esque sound, but jazzier and a little bit more fun and playful, which perfectly fits Darkwing Duck. Uh, I don't remember if this was uh, Bun Bun or Junko Tamiya. It's one of those. I don't think it was either of them, but definitely in that, in that realm. Um, did you ever play this game? Uh, I think I might have like played. I might have picked it up a little bit, but I haven't played it at length. It's very Mega Man esque. Uh, Darkwing, uh, can, you know, can fire his gun. Uh, also, sort it has of like little plunger bullets, right? Yep, yep. And uh, little, uh, also like uh, Bionic Commando style. You can jump up and like grab the underside of platforms and mm-hmm. then jump up onto them and like jump and grab hooks and mm-hmm. stuff. It's a really, really fun game, and the music is it's just fantastic. I love Darkwing Duck as a character so much. <laughs> uh, this, you know, Drake Mallard, this mild-mannered, I don't even know what he does for a living, but he's Darkwing Duck, and hes he alternates between really being super effective as a hero and also just really being kind of bumbling. Um, Launchpad McQuack from DuckTales is, of mm. course, um, his sidekick. Did they ever explain that? I don't think ever uh, in, in the new DuckTales series. There's actually a Darkwing Duck episode, and there's quite a bit of crossover. It's more was like more than one. I think there's at least two. Yeah, there's one that like it was a double length feature that was all about Darkwing, and it took place in Saint Canard and everything, and that was yeah. really fun. Oh, that was so good. And there they do kind of talk about Launchpad and how he probably never sleeps because he's he does everything. Yeah, but. Um, they, uh, it, oh, it was so good. I wish they had done a little bit more because in the first Darkwing episode with DuckTales... Wait, is DuckTales over? It's over. It ended after season three, and I'm still salty they about need, it. They need, they need a spinoff. They do. They do. But they, they do because in the first episode, Drake Mallard is a TV star who yeah. plays Darkwing Duck, and I don't remember... I don't remember the name of the guy who actually becomes Darkwing Duck in the show. It's but, Drake Mallard. Um... Oh no! Uh, like it's another guy, like an up-and-coming actor, oh, wait. who is going to replace Drake Mallard in Scrooge's version of Darkwing yeah, Duck. Okay. And Drake Mallard gets mad about it and tries to wreck everything. And in the end, he turns into Negaduck. Oh wait, Jim Starlin. Uh, Jim Starling, yes, Jim Starling. Thank you. Because it's a reference to comic book writer Jim Starlin, who created Thanos. Oh, cool. Okay, yeah. But Jim Starling is the real Darkwing Duck mm-hmm. in the show, but Drake Mallard is the actor who always... He was the Adam West. He always mm-hmm. played Darkwing Duck, and he gets really mad. At the end of that episode, becomes Nega Duck, and they never do anything with him, and it makes me really sad. Um, but what, Oh, man, you're breaking my heart. Uh, what's really cool, though, and then I'll get off this tangent, is that Drake Mallard in the DuckTales show is voiced by Jim Cummings, yeah. who was the voice of Darkwing in the original show, and is also one of my favorite voice actors. And... Uh, um, but I just, I love Darkwing's slapstick humor. His rogues gallery is really fun and inventive with Megavolt and the Liquidator and Bushroot and all these guys. Um, when I was in Pensacola on my vacation a few weeks ago, I actually took a couple of volumes of Darkwing that I got from the library that are like new, newer versions where Disney like started. IDW, right? Yeah, IDW started, uh, started it up and they were really, really good. It's based on the classic Darkwing and not the new DuckTales Darkwing, but really great stuff. Um, Night, really well written too. Um, a little bit more heartfelt, I think, than even the original Darkwing was. Although there were some heartfelt moments in that too. But this, it's just a lot of fun. Check out the whole soundtrack. Quacker Jack's Bridge, I think, is the one that gets the most um, playtime of this soundtrack. But the whole thing is really good. And uh, yeah. So did you who, watch Darkwing? Uh, um, well, the thing is, I watched a few episodes. I actually really dislike the voice of Goslin. Oh yeah, I just really, I really, I just, I just really, I really dislike it. I, I am very much disliking of it. <laughs> but you were about to ask who was Moliarty. 
I don't know. Obviously, it's a play on Moriarty, the, the Sherlock mm-hmm. Holmes villain. Um, I don't remember much about Moriarty from the show. But I'm just imagining Mole Knight from Shovel Knight just looking dapper AF. <laughs> uh, he, he is a very dapper mole, from what I remember, and he's a super genius like Moriarty, um, but I don't remember much else about him. Um, he, he's, he's kind of a B-list, I think, Darkwing villain, um, with, like, Tusker Nini and Taurus Bulba, kind of mm-hmm. the, the lower tier. Yeah. Um, but, um, still, still just really, really great, great stuff. And I like that we, we did Astro Boy and Darkwing, because they're kind of a little bit of the outliers, where mm-hmm. the, all these other guys are, like, famous comic book, like, Western comic book heroes, and these two are different. But, um, you've, you've mentioned that before we were recording that you were going to kind of follow my tracks with something thematically appropriate. What have you got to follow Darkwing Duck? Um, someone else who shoots things with a gun. Oh, okay. Uh, and also another indie hero. Um, okay, this nice. is the menu theme from Scud the Disposable Assassin for Sega Saturn. Jeff's uh, kitty cat has joined us for uh, uh, our listen to Scud the Disposable Assassin's menu theme. Mm-hmm. That was that was really great. Yeah, I just really I really enjoyed it. There's also a Scud rap song in the soundtrack, in case um, we ever do a rap album. I think uh, Volts, yeah, Volts Supreme did his. Yeah, um, I need still need to listen to it. It's on my list. <laughs> yep, yeah. If we we talked about how it might be difficult to do a rap episode because everything is either knuckles or licensed, but I think there's enough and we could we could pull in like Bolts and some of the other guys. A lot of the people on my Discord shared some really fun tracks. Yeah, so. of course Parappa the rapper. 
Oh yeah, of course. Uh, of course, Prep is so great. But this track is Scoot. also really great. Scoot! The disposables. I, I just love... He, he's primed for... Oh wait, never mind. It's gonna explode on the streets of the city. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, by the way, I love that you're bringing in like Sega CD and Sega Shoot's Saturn. gonna think this is really weird when, when, when they listen to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, I like that you're bringing in like Saturn and Sega CD and GBA because I didn't really go too far past like SNES Genesis NES stuff. And you're bringing in a lot of a lot of variety, not just with the characters, but with with your your console choices and and also vocal tracks because I realize you hate vocal tracks, and so I, have I don't to bring hate in twice them. as many. I don't hate them. I just don't get to play them a lot. You need to hear but... the sound of my people. <laughs> what people would that be? Um, well, with this, I like that. This, I like that the Scud menu song. Like the vocalist sounds, he sounds a lot like uh, early recordings of Marilyn Manson and the Spooky Kids. Um, that was orig- the original name of like Marilyn Manson, which is now the name of a person who might be a really horrible person <laughs> uh, if reports are to be believed. Got yeah. dropped from lots of record labels. Turns out the songs weren't as fictional as we would have hoped. Oh. Um, but Scud, how did you find Scud. this game? Did you know about the character before the game? Uh, no, I just look. I uh, we were trading Wikipedia lists. Okay. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, and so Dark Horse Comics, Valiant Comics, Image Comics. Um, I just searched everything, and so I think with Image games based on Image Comics, that's he came up in a list there. Um, or I looked at a list of like all Saturn CD games. Gotcha. Because um, I mean, no, this is Saturn, not Saturn CD. You know what I mean? I know all Saturn with CD, but yeah, it's Saturn. Um, yeah, um, but I, but yeah, it does it does sound a lot like the original like Marilyn Manson band before they renamed themselves Marilyn Manson and uh, put out Portrait of American Family, and so it has yeah. that really growly voice, and I just really vibe. Meanwhile, Scud is just if you took the robot from Zeta Project. And programmed him to act like Deadpool. Yeah, that seems to be pretty much it. I, at first, I didn't re- didn't remember who you were talking about. I was picturing something like like Wild Storm, something really mm-hmm. like post apocalyptic mecha sort of um, like cyborg esque thing. But no, this is a very cartoony um, yellow like yellow Deadpool style character with a big cylindrical head, and he definitely I recognized him almost immediately. He actually kind of reminds me of um, what I think of of the main character in. Uh, Oh gosh, a game that recently came out. Uh, my um, my friend Pedro, I think it's like a scrolling oh, yeah. shooter type game. Anyway, yeah, um, I keep I always want to say my friend at Pedro because there's a mm-hmm. game called My Time at Porsche, and I don't know they make, yeah. get mixed up in my head. But I'm tangenting. This was a really fun track, and um, I like it was kind of mellow, um, even with some of the growly stuff. And so for the only time, uh, I'm actually switching around what I was going to do on my playlist. I mentioned I was coming up on another Marvel game. I'm actually going to save that for next, because now I'm going to play a track from an unreleased SNES game uh, composed by Dean Evans, a really great composer, has a fantastic soundtrack for Waterworld on the SNES. Uh, which has been getting playtime on like pixelated audio and uh, a couple of other shows I've listened to recently. And I think um, Alex Messenger on VGM Journey um, mentioned it. I'm definitely getting in all my name drops on this episode. Mm. Um, but uh, this is a very similar sound to the Waterworld soundtrack. We are going to listen to the high score theme from the unreleased Green Lantern.
Oh man. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad I found this soundtrack. This it's like if Echo with the Dolphin and the Waterworld soundtrack had a baby, this would this would be it. It's got echoes of echoes of both of those. Dean Evans just at his best here. This game would have been developed by Ocean. Uh, it's unreleased. It's actually on Dean Evans' channel on YouTube. He's one VGM composer who interacts a lot with um, with uh, people on the internet and seems like just a really cool guy. And uh, I feel like, I think that a lot of the tracks that he was going to use for this game were kind of unused tracks from his library that he just had never been in games. And But man, this... I'm famously bad with genres, but it just makes me think of like acid jazz and like house music and uh, like Yuzo Koshiro. Maybe not house. I was thinking more prog. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely some prog sounds here. But like not quite, not quite as like proggy as the the Prime song, which had more improvisation. Yeah, but yeah, I think some form of jazz. It's oh, so good that lead guitar uh, synth and then those sort of. Um, you know, diddling, uh, like, I think they sounded kind of like steel drums, mm -hmm. and, but as wonderful as this song is, and it might be my track of the episode, although a lot of really great um, songs in this episode, as wonderful as it is, it does not sound like Green Lantern at all. Like, I don't picture Green Lantern. You're making a face, though, that makes me think you might have a counter-argument to that. Well, so it makes me think of, um, I think in general, if you switched this with the Silver Surfer song I played earlier, then that would be more like Green Lantern. And this would be more like Silver Surfer. Oh yeah. Uh, precisely because like Jim Starlin, um, I think Jim Starlin might not have created. Jim Starlin did not create Silver Surfer. Okay. He created Thanos. Um, Silver Surfer is Jack, Jack Kirby, Kirby. Stanley yeah. mm -hmm. um, during the Fantastic Four days from the yeah. Galactus trilogy. So, um, but because Starlin is most associated with Silver Surfer. Um, I think this has like a sort of Starlin-esque like psychedelic vibe to it, mm -hmm. but also Grant Morrison has a recent Green Lantern run, which is rather divisive, and I'm not sure if I quite like it. <laughs> but there's still there's a lot of psychedelia, and there's one where it's a Green Lantern Hal Jordan um, team up with Ollie Ollie Queen, the Green Arrow. Uh, I love the Green Arrow. And so the idea is like the story is that they're fighting like multi-dimensional aliens, but the sort of subtext is that they're going on a space drug bender. <laughs> and so, like, they're, like, hallucinating because of alien mind powers, but it's definitely, like, subtextually about them, like, getting mucked up at the docks with, like, some alien <laughs> stuff. So there's definitely a lot of greenery in this track, <laughs> man. Yeah. Those of you who uh, who do imbibe in, in the bud, this is a good track for it. And all of Dean's, uh, Dean Evans' work. Yeah. If, if you haven't listened to it, the Waterworld soundtrack is almost all like this. It's just really vibey, fantastic stuff. And um, uh, you mentioned Green Arrow. I think I did find a Green Arrow soundtrack, and it just it, it wasn't great. Um, but I really like Oliver Queen as a character in almost all of his iterations. I'm fond of Green Arrow. And um, Green Lantern, I... I had a buddy in high school who was really, really into Green Lantern and Hal Jordan specifically. Uh, he was fascinated with the whole parallax. Um, uh, uh, hey, hi, Teak, you want to be on the show? Uh, he was fascinated with the whole parallax arc. I really enjoyed Jeff John's run. He did Sinestro Core War, right? Yeah, that's and then, fun. And then Blackest Night. Yeah. Um, and Brightest Day and Blackest Night. No evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power. Green Lantern's light. Ah, I love it. So good. I would love to see a good Green Lantern like movie adaptation. Of course, Ryan Reynolds famously. <laughs> that movie was not fantastic from what I heard. I never saw it. Yeah, I mean, it was about as good as the Fantastic Four movies. So it's, e 
Yeah. Yeah. Now, the the original two or the one that was rebooted recently with Michael B. Jordan as Johnny Storm? I don't know. I've just heard that one's horrible. Yeah, I have, I've heard all of them. None of them are really great. But, yeah, but I mean, the, the um, MC, they all love, they're coming to the MCU. That's good. I think they'll they'll do okay by them. I mean, yeah. I mean, I thought Black Widow movie was was okay on the like on the good side of okay. Yeah, I like almost all of the MCU movies. They're really good popcorn films, and I really enjoyed. Uh, I really enjoyed Infinity War and Endgame. I thought Captain Marvel with Carol Danvers, like looking, it was it entertained me while I watched it. But looking back, I thought it was kind of idiotic. Yeah. Uh, who's your favorite Green Lantern? Kyle Rayner. Kyle Rayner, yeah. yeah. I like him a lot. I also really like John Stewart. Um, yeah, John Stewart's yeah. classic. Uh, Hal Jordan is just kind of like the vanilla, um, and uh, I, the whole Green Lantern Corps seems to worship him, and I don't really know why, because he's kind of a tool in a lot of cases, but... I, well, I feel like it would be better if they played up how much of a tool he is, if they made him more like Captain Kirk. Um, well, okay, yeah. I think so. I was going to say, he really is a tool in the Injustice series, but the different kind. He just, he's really just kind of a jerk in that series. But um, I also, I have a real soft spot for Guy Gardner. Uh, he's annoying. His haircut's so bad, though. <laughs> I know, but he's so great. <laughs> but yeah, Green Lantern, Dean Evans, great, great song. And um, sorry to leave it, but it's time to get to your next oh, track. I really would have wanted... Um... I really would have wanted this arcade game. I think it would have been wonderful. Oh yeah, but, Green Lantern as a do you think like like a shooter? Um yeah, or a be like I think a beat 'em up would be weird, but unless you had some sort of constructs like the Battletoad games. Oh and, yeah, like, weird stuff like that. That would be perfect. And then you could put in more lanterns for like you could have a four player cabinet with the four guys we mentioned. Oh yeah, or, or I mean you got to throw in uh, Kilowog. Oh yeah, Kilowog is great. I love Kilowog. Um, um, I really, really like how they did Kilowog in the Injustice series. He didn't get a lot of screen time or page time. But, yeah. Why don't um, Why don't they put just Why don't they just accept Kilowog onto the Justice League? Screw everyone else. Yeah, Kilowog is the best. Um, um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, Green Lantern. Yeah, I think maybe a hybrid game like Battletoads, where there are different styles of play and you can do different things. But yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. Also, I, also green, as the case may be. Yeah. Although Pimple is yellow. Yeah, but no, it's brown. That brownish yellow, you yeah. know, he looks kind of like baby poop. Anyway, yeah, it's uh, we're going off on a really, really tangential. Yeah, those are a lot of gross words at once. Well, it was battle toads. Yeah. All right. Um, I think toads are kind of cute in real life. Yeah. Teak, Teak would my cat. Um, he would, he would probably threaten their lives. Yeah, cats, cats hunt frogs in the wild, from what I heard. But, but back to superheroes. Yes. Um, that Green Lantern song was so chill and mellow that I'm in danger of falling asleep. <laughs> so in order to follow that up, I want a song whose title feels like it should have an exclamation mark. This is Here Come the Heroes from 1992's Konami um, X-Men, the arcade game. Oh, I wondered when you were going to pull this out. Yeah, I like did not introduce it in a very grammatical way. Uh, but that's perfect for this game. Oh! In the 21st century, evil mutants led by Magneto aim to destroy the world. Humans can do nothing against the power of the evil mutant. The only hope is X-Men. Go and save the city!
die. <laughs> X-Men. Uh, th- this track is iconic. Go and save the city. <laughs> this this track, uh, it's it's so good. Oh, man. Yeah, it is so... It is so great. Um, yeah, I just love... I remember this, this machine was at Thunderbird, I think, in Plano. Um, yeah, it was like one of their few... I know I had a birthday party there. Hmm. And it's just so... It's so great. Um, I don't know what there is to say about like this game and the Avengers arcade game that hasn't already been said, but they were they were both just so such great like I, I think comparing them is a bit unfair to this one. You think so? <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's better to compare this one to Turtles in Time. Okay, well, uh, just I love all those games like those and the Simpsons arcade game. I've got great memories yeah. of just like going to the arcade at the mall or at Peter Piper Pizza or something like that. You know, Aladdin's Castle quarters. Um, you know, going up to this machine and then. Either people would already be there, or while I was playing, people would come up and join in. And it was just a really, really fun time. And, um, of course, like in the lobbies of movie theaters. And But these were these were both really great games. Um, almost played a couple of Avengers tracks. Uh, Captain America and the Avengers on the NES. Hawkeye's theme is really fun. Hmm. Uh, the, the, the arcade Avengers is really great. Um, Iron Man and um, the... Man of War? Yeah, XO Man of War. XO Man of War. Uh, there was a crossover on, I want to say, Saturn. the Saturn, yeah. And the soundtrack is okay. It was, it was really metal, and I don't think it was yes. implemented very well. The subtitle was Heavy Metal of the game. Oh, it's yeah. It's XO yeah. Man of War and Iron Man Heavy Metal. Or maybe it's Iron Man and XO Man of War. It's one of the two. Anyway, yeah. But uh, really, really good stuff. Um, I just, they didn't quite make it onto the show today. Yeah, but Yep. Yeah. Uh, but this one is so much fun. So who all could you play as in this game? Obviously Wolverine. So um, this was based off of um, this is like trivia that's like most a lot of nerds already know, mm-hmm. but um, this X Men machine is very special because 1992 was the same year that the X Men the animated series came out. Um, okay. And you think, oh, they'd be connected, right? Oh, the answer is no. Right. Um, the rosters are completely different because for some reason Konami got the rights to the um, the pilot of Pride of the X-Men, the first attempt at an X-Men show, and then for some reason that one had this really sort of goofy, adorable Stan Lee narration, and then you had pretty much all the characters in here, and so uh, no Jubilee, no Gambit, um, I don't think Jean Grey was there either, um, no Beast, instead you had like Colossus and Nightcrawler, and you had of course Kitty Pride. Um, yeah, Kitty Pride. And Wolverine was Australian in this one for some reason. Well, he, he was Australian in the... Uh, yeah, that's funny. He was Australian in the... Um, I, I think there was a classic X-Men cartoon. There was a crossover of Spider-Man and his amazing friends mm. where the X-Men were in it and Wolverine had his Australian accent. And Could have I feel been the like, same actor. Yeah, I feel like that was from an X-Men cartoon as well. But, man, that... You mentioned 92, you said? Yeah. The X-Men animated cartoon is like Marvel's answer to Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. It was a great show. The soundtrack for the X-Men cartoon, which I think I might actually play in the background, is a perfect piece of music. It's so, so good. There's actually... It also felt, sounds like it should be game music. It, it does. I'm not going to play the uh, epic version, but there's a... Uh, L'Orchestra Cinematique on YouTube does an epic version of that track that is really, really great. Um, I, I, I love... I just We've talked about it already. I, lo- I like the X-Men a lot. Uh, I actually just recently, when I came up, returned to you with the um, uh, Age of Apocalypse arc in the X-Men, which so, so good. <laughs> And uh, I just, 
don't know. I, I, I can gush about a lot of these classic comics all day Yeah, long. like Carlos. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, yeah, it's so, it's so good. So first I'd like to point out that, um, you know, one of the things I love about this arcade game, so first of all, who did, who did you play as? Uh, probably Wolverine. He had really a dinky special move, though. Yeah, but I don't know. Because didn't he just, like... <laughs> yeah, like, kind of, like, jab. Yeah. Um, um, they should have given him that, like, super X animation, but that was invented for the Marvel vs. Capcom Wolverine later, where he'd have that really sick, like, X... He'd just, like, hit people with a giant flashing X. So great. Yep. Where's um, our garbage? Yeah. Well, that, yeah, I was talking I was talking about the more static one where it goes oh, across okay. the screen. Um, I love it. Marvel vs. Capcom, he was voiced by Steve Bloom, who did his voice in the animated series. Yeah. Great. That, that's, my, that's my Wolverine voice. Like Mark Hamill's Joker, yeah. that's what I think of. Um, although props to Hugh Jackman, because he did pull it off really well. I really liked... Um, I always played as Colossus. <laughs> just like, the Colossus scream is a meme among gamers. Yeah, like, like if it's you so go, good. If you go to MAGFest, um, you, I, I've heard stories about this. That you'll be walking the halls and just... It's almost... It's not constant, but very frequently you will hear somebody do the... <laughs> oh, the Colossus scream. It's so good. I mean, it's not his actual power. His actual power is just like having metal skin. Yep. <laughs> but they're like, mm, and I just, I just love how wonderful it is um, in this game. Captions, I think, so especially posts. Um, this, so I think it was like nine, it was like the late '90s or early 2000s, maybe the year 2000, where um, not Schumacher, the other person, Brian Singer's X Men film came out. Yeah, it was all gloom and like black leather and like not in a fun way. It was just like kind of drab. Yeah, it's kind of like the again. Um, it was before Christopher Nolan, but very yeah. similar in mood to like the Dark Knight films. Yeah, but like less interesting and ambitious than the Dark Knight films, which are could be a bit more interesting and ambitious than they are, in my opinion. Um, I think Tim yeah. Burton's Tim Burton's Batman's where it's at, uh, especially the <laughs> Returns. But yeah, so like before yeah, Tim Burton had done the X Men. Oh yeah. Anyway. Ooh, ooh the, oh man. I mean, he already did Edward Scissorhands. So that's like one of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, but, now I need to see a death battle between Edward Scissorhands and Wolverine. <laughs> uh, that would be really over pretty quickly. Although yeah, well, Raiden in uh, maybe, maybe if they battled on like a runway at a fashion show, that would be interesting. Raiden from uh, Metal Gear Solid. Um, Oh, yeah, him well, versus Wolverine. Yeah, they had a death battle. Uh, what is it, Metal Gear Solid? Revengeance. Yeah, yeah Metal uh, Gear Rising Revengeance. Rising Revengeance. I, I played a song from this game, and I can't say it's, it's anyway. a good. It's a good um, game. But, but yeah. with this, like, so that was in the 2000s, like, the color got sucked out of X-Men, and, like, yeah. they wanted it to be mature, but it wasn't mature enough to be mature or interesting, and they didn't want it to be fun, because they didn't want to be, they wouldn't want people to think it was immature. Uh, I don't know, there were some kind of in-jokes, uh, there was a part in the Blackbird where Wolverine's complaining about the costume, and Cyclops says, would you prefer yellow spandex? I think that's yeah. just more of them being douches to the <laughs> history. I, like, I think, I think that's, like... I think that's a joke that more insults the history than it does to eh. pay tribute to it. Ah, uh, well. They also really ruined, I think his name is Ray Park. He was the actor who did Darth Maul in The Phantom Menace. And oh, he yeah. Was, he was the best part of The Phantom do, Menace. Do you know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning? Oh, <laughs> uh, The same thing that happened to Halle Berry's career after filming Catwoman. Oh, oh, keeping it meta, keeping it on brand. But one of the things I like about... Oh, yeah, Storm was in this, too, I forgot. Typhoon! Yep. Um, but like One of the things I loved about this is that this kind of personifies the fun part of X-Men. But you also have the really cutting-edge, um, sort of Chris Claremont 
like era like everything's very stylish and it's you know it's a unique take on like some you know classic superhero archetypes you know circa 1975 or so but then like you have the fun aspect and it's a really balance between like innovation and fun and since we didn't actually have or since I haven't chosen any like female superheroes because they just don't really have very many games yeah um, my sort of headcanon of this is that this entire game soundtrack is mixed by Dazzler who's also a playable character <laughs> and that this is Dazzler. like 90s Dazzler reinventing her career and just like breaking it down I always get Dazzler confused with Jim uh, from from Jim and the holograms holograms yeah but um, so, the X-Men game I actually have the most nostalgia for is the one on the Genesis, mm -hmm. which was a lot of fun. Um, Mutant Apocalypse? No, it was just called, I think it was just called X-Men. Oh. Mutant Apocalypse was on the SNES, but the soundtrack of the X-Men on the Genesis is really, really farty, and it's, uh, it's nostalgic again for me, but it wouldn't be great for, for a VGM podcast. Spider-Man on the Genesis actually is similar to that, and yeah. that's why I didn't pick from that game. Oh, I love the crossover when, um... Uh, Another great animated show, uh, Spider-Man in the 90s. Mm -hmm. There was a crossover with him and the X-Men, and it was all the voice actors from the X-Men animated show. That was really fun. Sort of a precursor to the big Marvel crossovers that happen all mm -hmm. the time now. Um, but speaking of Spider-Man, we're now going to go to my next Marvel track, the one I teased a minute ago. And it is a Spider-Man game, one I hadn't heard of, again, before researching for this episode. It is from... The, I believe, Japanese exclusive, because it's credited to the Super Famicom, in 1995, this is from a game called Spider-Man Lethal Foes, and we are going to listen to Windy Night at the Park. Night at the Park from Spider-Man Lethal Foes on the Super Famicom. This was uh, really, really fun. Again, really jazzy number. Lots of kind of jazzy stuff on the show. Yeah, it follow, followed up the X-Men one really well. Um, it doesn't doesn't sound like a windy night at the park, though. It really doesn't. It, like, unless it's like, unless there's like a tornado and like a jazz band playing in the tornado. I don't know who he would be fighting in the park. I know in the park in the uh, Genesis game, you fight Sandman. Um, I had a lot of fun with that game, Spider-Man and the Kingpin on Genesis. Yeah. But there was a mechanic in that game where you could like snap pictures and earn money at the end of each level mm -hmm. and uh, buy like upgrades and stuff, and that was really fun. But back to this, don't know anything about the game itself. Uh, I should watch some some play footage or something like that. But sounds great. It does sound great. I almost went with another track on the soundtrack called Dark and Mysterious. Yeah, Dark and Mysterious, um, and. 
I, uh, I don't know if I'm going to play that under our talking, because I like people to just hear it. Or I might just play the version from the soundtrack of the Spider-Man theme. The, the Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Oh, really? Does wow. whatever a spider pig does. Oh, wait, anyway, that's, sorry, Simpsons. Spider-Ham, um, Peter Porker. Yeah! Oh, oh, you mentioned yesterday that you haven't watched Into the Spider-Verse yeah, yet. So you to, should. I need to get on it. It's, it's so good. Speaking of, Miles Morales is the star of that movie, and um, the PlayStation... Spider-Man yeah. and Miles Morales both have also also have really great soundtracks. <laughs> the I almost went with the Doctor Octopus theme from the um, Spider-Man uh, Insomniac. I want to say is the developer of that. Anyway, um, sounds like a developer. But yeah, really, really good, um, really good soundtrack. This one though is a lot of fun. I definitely recommend that people check this out. It's another one I couldn't find on YouTube, but uh, go look it up. It was a lot of fun. Spider-Man is my favorite superhero. I, I mentioned earlier Batman's number two for me. And I think the reason is because even though Batman supposedly... I think is closer to number two. <laughs> nice. Nice. The great mighty poop. Yeah. Uh, um, is there a, a poop-based superhero? There must be. There, um, Out, outside of Toxic Crusaders. There's Cap... There's... Um, so there's, there's Captain Underpants, whose enemy is Professor Poopy Pants. There's actually, there's actually a pretty good... Um, Captain Underpants song that was like kind of okay. Okay. Um, and then there's in Mark Miller's Wanted, there's like a poo version of Clayface, and he's combined from uh, he's poo from the 666 worst humans who ever lived. So like <laughs> they mentioned that he has like Adolf Hitler and Jeffrey Dahmer's poo inside of him, and uh. then he like attack he attacks someone in a limousine and like drowns them in poo. Oh, Mark Miller is the. Um... Kick, kick ass, right? Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. That's. I think that's... the movie was actually a lot better than the book in that one. Mark Miller did a run of something. Speaking of the runs, uh, I read recently from the library, uh, like a mainstream hero. He did yeah. something for. So you're thinking. So I think the last things you've read by Mark Miller um, would be Old Man Logan and The Authority. He was Old Man Logan. Yeah, I didn't know he did The Authority. That's. He did the second half of. He did the second half of the original series. So. So, um, that yeah. really great that arc with um, so the evil the evil doctor um, and also like the evil Avengers yeah and then the evil authority which is like my pet I think that was a great series finale uh, the authority is from Wildstorm yeah Wildstorm yeah. they sound like and a punk band the authority uh, is uh, you let me those uh, yeah. really great book if you haven't read it before. Um, but uh, good, 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 good stuff. Um, probably no video games about the authority, but that would be really <laughs> fun to see. I could maybe see one about Grifter from Wildstorm, but there was a Jim Lee's Wildstorm. I think that they yeah, did. Jim, a, so yeah. Jim Lee created Wildcats, and then he owned Wildstorm, and then he sold it to DC, and then Stormwatch. I think was from the Jim Lee era, and then Stormwatch was later, um, later evolved into the Authority. Okay, gotcha. But there, there is a video game of Jim Lee's Wildcats yeah. that's got some pretty cool stuff in it, too. Um, but back to Spider-Man. I think the reason that Spider-Man is my favorite hero is because Peter Parker is my favorite like superhero um, alter ego. Bruce Wayne is not relatable, even though Bruce Wayne uh, I mean, supposedly doesn't have any superpowers, although that's in question these days. But Bruce Wayne, is just, he's just a human, but he's, he's, this, he's Batman. Batman is who he is, and Bruce Wayne is 
like his alter ego. Superman is actually Clark Kent. Like he's the person of Clark Kent and Superman is what he does, but Batman is Batman. Peter Parker is straight up Peter Parker and, and he moonlights as Spider-Man. And his humanity is really what makes his character. And I, I don't like what all has ever been done to the character. I think he's been done dirty a few times, but I just, I, I love Spider-Man so much. And as a hero, he's so much fun. Just like the web slinging, all that stuff. Um, really, really, really great. And I'm glad I got to fit this one in on the episode. But yeah, we're getting close to the end here. How many more tracks do you have? Uh, this one in the outro. Okay, so you've got this one, and then I'm going to have one more, and then I'm going to play... Um, well, you know what? Actually, why don't we go ahead and play Shuka Pao's track for the oh, episode? Yeah, cool. I, I did let him pick one thing, and then we'll play our. Uh, you'll play your last song mm-hmm. besides the outro. I'll play my last song, and then we'll play the outro, yeah. and you all get to hear how the sausage is made. Um, but, uh, yeah, so let's go ahead and go to Shuka Pao's uh, pick for the episode. Speaking of Batman... Um, I'm glad we got to play this. It's iconic as VGM. This game was really, really great. It's by my favorite composer, Naoki Kodaka, from Batman on the NES. We are going to listen to Gotham City, also known as Streets of Desolation. Streets of Desolation from NES Batman. Shukapow's pick for this episode. What do you think about that song? I really liked it. It's not like any other Batman song I've heard, but it still carries a lot of the character with it. Yeah, that sort of cool, dark edginess to it. I just, I love Naoki Kodaka's compositional style. He's got this really kind of grungy rock sort of vibe to it, and uh, this is one of his best soundtracks. Uh, he really, he really shone on the NES. He's my favorite NES composer, so. Um, but yeah, this is a lot of fun. 
I honestly don't have a lot to say about this track that hasn't already been said. It's it's like yeah, I said. Yeah, can you a, tell me about this since I'm I don't know all the stuff you're referring to. So uh, it's it's a big deal in the VGM community. There are a lot of different covers of it. Uh, there are and. I mean, there are a lot of tracks that are quote-unquote a big deal in the community that a lot of people love. Uh, but this is one that I've heard, anytime you mention it, uh, people are like, oh yeah, I love that song. It's um, th This game was really hard, like a lot of NES games were. It, it was really fun. Uh, I like how Batman controlled. He had some weight to him. Like when you jumped, it felt like, you know, there was actual gravity in the game. Uh, you had a really cool, like, wall jump mechanic. Um... I, I felt like like the Ninja Gaiden games are kind of compared to this sometimes. They're side-scrolling, and you've got like different weapons you can use. But with Ninja Gaiden, I didn't get that sense of weight and gravity that I got with this game. But since this is the first level theme, it's the one that a lot of people heard. And so there are other really great soundtracks in this game, uh, or really great tracks in this soundtrack, but this is the one that everybody remembers because yeah. everybody played level they one. They had to wait till YouTube came out to hear it at all. <laughs> yeah, so tough. yeah, but the boss theme is also really fun. Um, really, every, every track on this soundtrack is is good, and this is when uh, Shukapau knows it, and he really really likes it. And so when I said, "What track do you want?" he said, "It's got to be Batman," you know. So, and this is the one I knew he meant. So, yeah, good stuff. Uh, did you ever? Do you remember playing this game at all? No, I really wanted. I really did want it, like a sort of pure, like a more pure Batman sound. So I'm really glad we were able to fit that into this episode. Good. Um, I was actually there was a soundtrack for Spawn that was really cool. It was called... Uh, maybe it was like the end... Of, no, it was called Welcome to My Hell. There's like a really cool like Spawn song from like Spawn Eternal. Um, On what, but, do you remember what system that was? Or? It was probably like Dreamcast or something. Okay. Yeah. Um, I wasn't quite able to work it in. There's also some... There's another song, I think it was In the Demon's Hand, like another Spawn game that had uh, a soundtrack by Crankshaft... <laughs> like you know of course you can tell what kind of music it is just by hearing it's like okay yeah. it's nine it's like 90s and so there's like one song called um rip it up which is about like it actually feels like spawn because it's about like having psychological problems even though it doesn't sound like spawn and there's one called dresses torn which is about cross-dressing and it's in a spawn game mm -hmm. and i like I've never seen Spawn cross-dress or any of his characters. <laughs> I, like, read the first, like, 50 issues or so. But, um, there's also a really sick, like, Batman kind of sounding one, but then I just didn't make it with everything else I had. Well, I guess Clown kind of cross-dresses, but instead of it being a, um, instead of dressing like a different gender, you know, yeah. he's actually a demon, but he dresses like an evil clown. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, um... Yeah, so that was Streets of Desolation. Now we're going to get to your last pre-outro pick mm -hmm. for the episode. What so I have another dynamic character theme that's also very heroic. Um, and it's from Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Ooh, um, nice. A soundtrack that was pretty pretty slept on. And this is like one of the most like dynamic and heroic songs. Well, um, and even on our, our episodes, there was only one yeah. uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 3 theme, Super Scrolls theme, mm -hmm. um, which won the tiebreaker that you, yeah. had to, you chose. But um, again, sorry, Daryl. <laughs> but yeah, so, so what are you playing from this game? Doctor Doom.
So you mentioned heroic, and then you mentioned Doctor Doom, and I was like, eh, really? Doctor Doom, heroic? But yeah, this is this it does. It has that heroic quality to it. There's still a sinister edge that I think is befitting, um, yeah, a megalomani- megalomaniacal tyrant like Doctor Doom, uh, who in uh, Death Battle, because I've mentioned him a couple of times in this episode, has actually beaten, I believe, both Darth Vader and Lex Luthor. Spoiler alert, um, and. Yeah, this was really, really great. Um, in keeping with the Marvel vs. Capcom uh, soundtracks, just in general, uh, you asked if I knew this track before we played it, and I, I didn't. I just I know you love Doctor Doom. Um, I actually didn't know a lot about any of the Marvel vs. Capcom uh, tracks, so I was really glad to do the two-part episode, and I'm glad mm-hmm. we got to have this kind of callback to it. Yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, you love Doctor Doom. Oh man, yeah, it's great. I haven't read enough comics with him. Um, I do. I think I actually have a graphic novel version of the series Doom, where it's like he all, goes into an alternate universe. I think there's like he has like some issue. He has a. He actually. Well, there's like cyber demons and mancubus and you know imps and all that stuff. Oh wait, sorry, different Doom. Well, no, he's he's gone to hell. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and he's also like so he's he has like an arch rivalry with Mephisto, who I think is a great concept of a character who's pretty much never used properly. Um, Mephisto is basically like Satan in the Marvel universe, right? Yeah, but yeah. I mean, like, like Dark Side's basically Satan in the DC universe, and they're not. I mean, granted, yeah. one of them is Stan Lee Satan, and the other one is Jack Kirby Satan, and so <laughs> they're obviously going to be unequal, right? Um, <laughs> for those of you who don't know the subtext, Jack Kirby. If you look at the so, people credit Stanley first. Stanley did most of his stuff with Jack Kirby. But if, you know, aside from like the internal politics of Stanley being Jack Kirby's boss and related to the people who owned Marvel, um, you can also tell the asymmetry in their creative output by seeing what they produced by themselves after they broke up. One of them created Dark Side. So, <laughs> there you go. The other yeah. one created Stripperella. <laughs> right. Right, yeah. Jack Kirby, of course, is just a legend and an icon in, in the industry. Yeah, there's that. they were actually going to name, um, in the, if they were going to do Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4, they would have named the fifth turtle Kirby as like another great artist, you know, ch- paid tribute by having a turtle. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, That's Doctor great. Doom is super fun. Um, and really, really powerful character. Yeah, inevitably they're going to be coming to the Marvel Cinematic Universe at some point. Um, it would be fun. I mean, I would love, you know, I can't wait for the Fantastic Four and X-Men to show up, because then, first first of all, the Avengers flagship is kind of fading, because they lost Iron Man, and now everyone's contract is expiring. <laughs> and yeah. second, second of all, like, you don't have the four pillars of the Marvel Universe together. You only have Spider-Man and the Avengers, which is two out of the four. Yeah. Um, the other two being Fantastic Four and X-Men. Yeah. Although the... Um, the Guardians of the Galaxy are kind of taking that spot up. Yeah, yeah. Th- I feel like there was a there were a couple of Guardians games that I didn't really, really? Even listen to. Interesting. Um, uh, but they they might be good. I don't know. Um, I enjoyed the movies actually, both of them. Uh, I enjoyed and... everything that didn't have Drax in it. <laughs> Man, I don't know. I loved Drax. I thought that uh, that um, Batista did did a pretty decent job. But yeah, yeah I love, I love Ro- Rocket was phenomenal. Oh yeah, Bradley Cooper as Rocket was amazing, and um, and of course Vin Diesel as Groot. Uh, and this uh, again, I really enjoyed the and movies. Of course, but... the lead Star Lord Chris Pratt. Oh yeah, yeah, and um, Zoe Saldana, who uh, said that she was never going to go back to space after Star Trek, and then she was Gamora. <laughs> Doctor <laughs> but... Doom would be. Doctor Doom should join the Guardians of the Galaxy. That would be fun. 
I actually asked you because I think um, uh, Black Adam, who is like the anti-Captain Marvel, has some Doom-esque qualities to him. He's like the leader of his own little insular country, yeah. and he, he has this nobility about him like Doctor Doom does, even though he's also a sociopath and kind yeah. of and an evil narcissist. Um, and I asked who would win in a fight between them, and he were just like, bruh. Like, of course, <laughs> Doctor Doom would own, you know, yeah. but uh, Victor Von Doom, who was really done dirty in the Fantastic Four movie. Uh, I think they, they neutered his character a lot from what I've yeah. heard, but Really great, good, good track. Like, yeah, it. it's it was so tough because there were so many good tracks. So first of all, this is weirdly heroic. Um, I feel like this song would match like Nova's character a little bit better. Yeah. Um, for context, um, this was this is a remix of his theme in Marvel Superheroes, where he is the sub boss before Thanos, and so you fight Doctor Doom and then you fight Thanos later. And so I think that it was supposed to be more, like, as a boss theme, it was supposed to be more on, like, your character, you know, overcoming this, like, Herculean challenge. But then in Marvel vs. Capcom 3, he's just playable, and so it kind of sounds more partly out of place, but it also kind of, you know, it kind of, it kind of refers to, like, how Doctor Doom maybe sees himself, especially since the context of the game is him defending Earth from Galactus. Oh, yeah. I mean, he can't conquer it if it's not there. Right, very true. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so other good tracks. So I was really to do. I want to mention we talked earlier about Pokemon a crossover man. between Superman and Silver Surfer. We've mentioned now both Galactus and Darkseid in this little um, spiel, and there was also a really cool crossover. Where, like Galactus comes yeah. to Apocalypse, and that was a that was a cool cool little thing too. But you were gonna say, yeah, it was hard. It was hard choosing a track from. This is like my new favorite soundtrack. Um, I was thinking of, you know, the Dorm- Dormammu theme had some really good guitars that would have given me some, like, you know, Hellspawn energy. Uh, the Sentinel actually has a song that would have fit better with Doctor Doom. Then Modok, I wasn't seriously considering it, <laughs> but for Modok. Um, but there was this really nice Man. riff in the Modok song that sounds like a riff in the Ghostbusters theme. And so that was really fun. <laughs> and then finally, um, Doctor Strange has a lot of great stuff in his theme, and I was really tempted, but in the end, I think Doctor Doom's theme appropriately has more pathos to it, and it has more, it feels to be, it just hits better as like a unified musical work. Man, the rosters in these games are just crazy. Well, <laughs> like, also, Marvel vs. Capcom, I think, actually has the best roster out of all of them, the third one. Yeah. Um, which is not, not which is the very much the not orthodox opinion. <laughs> yeah, I think most people say what, number two? Yeah. Um, it just It's just all X-Men, and also the sprites are recycled, and also it's yeah. not balanced as well. And I always get a timeout at the arcades because I can't hit people fast <laughs> enough. Um, um, and also, I think the final boss is also quite lame. Sorry, go on. So, um, Dr. Uh, or Dormammu, is he a playable character? Yeah. He's not a boss? No. That's crazy. The people, he, there's like all this spooky like hellfire in the sky and people thought Mephisto would be a playable character, but, or like a, the, they thought Mephisto would be the boss, mm-hmm. but then Dormammu became playable. Gotcha. Um, although okay. I would like, yeah, I think Mephisto would have been a great boss and then he could, he could fight similar to the way Galactus does because he can like change shape in hell and stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's really cool. Galactus was, uh, I mean, I think Galactus was a good choice, like a bit conservative, but you know, they had the giant purple porta potty on his head, and so this is good of cheesy goodness. Galactus was also a Kirby invention, right? Or was it Kirby Enley? Yeah, okay. yeah, Kirby Enley. Okay, cool. Um, same time as the Silver Surfer. Yeah. 
Well, Silver Surfer is, we didn't really talk about this much, but he's the Herald of Galactus. Yeah, I mean, that's he, why the track was called Summoned by Galactus that I played from Silver Surfer. Oh, yeah, yeah. He uh, he seeks out planets for Galactus to destroy, but Surfer's thing is that he, he tries to find uninhabited planets. Yeah. Yeah, so that's really cool. Um, Galactus is the devourer of worlds. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, he goes and like sucks the life energy from planets. There's a really, really great parody from the uh, '90s animated series, The Tick. Omnipotus. Omnipotus. And the, t- the Tick on SNES actually also has a really great soundtrack. Uh, it just didn't, again, didn't quite make the cut for the episode today. Yeah. The episode also didn't make the cut on the DVD because of copyright issues. Oh, it's so sad because it's such a great episode. I think it's my favorite. Yeah, the tick basically becomes like the captive of Omnipotus, and he like travels around his body on a go kart, like um, massaging bunions and stuff like that. It's so great, plucking nose hairs and things. Uh, but um, you know, it did make the cut on this episode, mm-hmm. and ironically, he comes in last because he's the fastest man alive. Mm. Um, I found a really great soundtrack. Um, I almost went with the Hulk on Genesis, which is a really, really great soundtrack. Great bass, but a lot of it's really kind of samey. Um, my last two, we mentioned Doctor Doom. Last two honorable mentions. Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man and Captain America in Doctor Doom's Revenge uh, is from huh. like an older like computer game from I like, even heard of that know, late '80s or early '90s. The soundtrack is not fantastic. I was going to include it as sort of a like a. Uh, a, a bonus theme or something. It was almost going to be, be the blooper reel, but then I decided to go with um, something from Spider-Man on Genesis uh, called The Fun House. Um, that soundtrack, as I mentioned, is not great, but this one was a lot of... Uh, this track is good for a blooper reel. But um, I also... Uh, speaking of Spider-Man, i got to give a shout-out to Spider-Man Venom Maximum Carnage and Separation Anxiety. Great, great beat-em-up games. I don't remember who did the soundtrack for Spider for Maximum Carnage, I was going to pick uh, The Streets of New York from that game because it was really good. Green Jelly, actually, um, really kind of obscure funk band. Correction, punk band. From the 90s did did the soundtrack for Separation Anxiety. Um, But we're not talking about those. We're talking about The Fastest Man Alive. This is from the Genesis. Correction, Master System. Trickster for Mayor from The Flash. Mayor from The Flash, from the Genesis, or the Master System. 
I don't know if this game ever came out in the States, but uh, I actually don't know hardly anything about this game at all. I feel like it might be a little tough to adapt Flash for a video game, so maybe that's why I've never heard about it. But it's kind of bubbly, peppy, glitzy theme, you know, uh, I think it fits the character of uh, somebody running for mayor, but also of like the trickster from what I know it's of him. It's not patriotic enough. <laughs> I guess that's true, but it doesn't go a lot of places. But that um, that B section is is really kind of fun, and it's a uh, bouncy, bubbly. Um, again, kind of like that Green Lantern theme. Didn't make me think of the Flash very much, but um, yeah, I thought it was kind of a nice, light way for for me to play play out my last track. So I want to know, like, I really want to know what that game looks like now. Yeah, I, mean, I, I guess maybe I could try to get through Sonic without jumping or turning into a ball and see what happens. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess you know Sonic was a uh, they did Sonic pretty well. So maybe... but I also feel like they I feel like only Sega did Sonic that well. I feel like nobody else could pull it off, especially not True. with like an anthropomorphic human looking model. Yeah, yeah, that would be pretty weird. Although Samus turns into a ball, so. <laughs> well, anyway, no, I'm like uh, I'm thinking. I'm making weird faces. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the Flash. Um, I uh, I don't think about him a lot, but whenever I read him, like especially Barry Allen, I, I enjoy it quite a bit. I like Barry Allen Flash. I like Wally West. Um, but I don't know. He gets overshadowed for me by some of the other heroes. I think Wally. I like Wally West a lot better than Barry Allen, partly because he didn't destroy the entire DC multiverse. Um, yeah. Well, but he saved the multiverse at first, in, uh, inf at the end of Infinite Earths, right? Crisis on Infinite yeah, Earths. Yeah, yeah. But then he came back at the end of... or Final Crisis. Final Crisis. Oh, that was there so was, good. And there was Flashpoint, which Flashpoint itself was not bad. It was... A, it was a, I, I enjoyed the run. Yeah, I mean, but, yeah, it's, it was, like, it was fine. It's like a one-off. I mean, it's... It was really insignificant. I think that one of... Aside from not ruining everything, another thing that could have been really good about it Aside from, you know, the fundamental misreading of key characters. Um, key characters who maybe own kingdoms and don't like each other. Um, I think that the other big issue with it is that if it was going to do something big, they should have given it just, like, 12 issues. Want to yeah. do the Crisis on Infinite Earths again? I mean, actually, it would still suck uh, because of the after effects. But <laughs> Yeah, for a little bit of context, um, the Flashpoint, uh, Barry Allen goes back in time to uh, save his mom. Basically, spoilerific. yeah, it's and the, the uh, and things happen, and he ends up basically wrecking the entire like time stream, which also breaks the DC continuity. Everything goes away, and it's rebooted as the New Fifty Two, which is polarizing to say the least. Um, not not DC's finest moment in publishing. Let's not get into this any further. Okay, but um, but yeah. So now, just the short answer is that that bit, like, goddamn it, Barry has become a meme now. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure they did something like that in the in the, T the CW verse too, the Arrowverse, as they call it. Yeah, I think they actually called that Crisis on Infinite Earths, um, yeah. that arc. But the one really cool thing, I, I haven't seen any of the the um, CW shows except for a little bit of the green of Arrow. But one really redeeming factor of that, well, there were two. Um, they brought in Tom Felton way later on as like a retired Superman. Um, he was, uh, I think his name was Tom Felton, but he I played. I don't know who you're talking he about. He played Clark Kent in Smallville. Um, oh yeah. And but they also brought in Kevin Conroy to play like the old Bruce Wayne, mm -hmm. like uh, either Batman Beyond or Dark Knight Bruce Wayne, and uh, Dark Knight Rises, Dark Knight Returns, Dark Knight Returns. Um, 
but that was really cool little cameo there but uh, Kevin Conroy of course is the voice of, of Batman in most animated iterations so uh, but yeah so that was the flash that was that was a really ex- extensive commentary it actually hasn't gone as long as several of our other ones, but yeah. uh, it, maybe it felt like it because this is not something we're as interested yeah, in. Yeah, the, the, the timeline is stretching, and I can see the universe getting away from me. We are approaching the two-hour mark of just our vocals, which means when I add in the music, we're probably approaching 2.30 or something like that. So You can always split it. Eh, nah, I, I kind of like the idea of the, the end being um, a really long episode. Still not coming close to that like three-hour-plus Omnibus that was Pernell and Daryl on the Pokemon episode. So, <laughs> but so, that was a really great episode. This is also it's been a really fantastic episode, and we're not done yet. We have one more song to play with before we. Um, uh, oh wait, no, that's going to be the play out. So I guess yeah. actually we are done before we get to that. Um, so once again, thanks to everyone for listening and supporting the show. Um, we're going to have a couple of bonus episodes, I think, before season four launches. Uh, we're going to. Um, So by this time, I think almost everybody has heard that the Tokyo uh, 2020 Olympics, which are happening in 2021, um, the opening ceremony was a little bit divisive. There were some people who thought it was too subdued. It was kind of weird that it played to an empty stadium. Um, Kind of mired in controversy because a lot of people in Japan didn't want this to happen because of COVID. Uh, There's a lot going on. I'll talk about it a little bit, but I wanted to do a bonus episode because they played... um, uh, symphonic versions of a lot of classic video game songs in the opening ceremony and I thought it would be cool to listen to some of those and the songs that they were based on like in their original games so we're going to do a bonus episode about that that was just going to be me mostly music not a whole lot of commentary but then I'm going to ha- come back with Shukapau and we're going to lead into season four with kind of a prequel episode um, where we just focus on video game songs that have something to do with the number four and that's going to be a lot of fun we've got some great tracks lined up for it I say prequel because season four is going to be our first season-long focus. Uh, we're going to start doing this in the fall for as long as we, we keep doing the show. Spring is still going to be, we, we kind of play different episodes based on random topics or grab bag episodes. But in the fall, we're going to do showcases where the whole season follows a specific theme or a specific type of show. All of the episodes in season four are going to be based on the work of specific composers. Uh, and I'm not going to tease what any of them are but we're going to have a couple of special guests come back and talk about some of their favorite composers, and I'm really excited about it. It's going to be a fun season, and you can look for that to launch in September. Uh, But, yeah, uh, Prof. Jeff, thank you so much for having me this weekend and for co-hosting this episode with me. This has been a blast. Um, I'm glad people got to hear kind of some of our unfiltered conversation because it's great. This is a topic. Maybe add a little filter. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw in a few filters. This one did get a little bit PG, but um, it's it's been a blast. It's a topic that both of us really love, and um, I'm really eager to hear what you have chosen for our playout track for this fantastic episode. So for this playout, I chose someone who had matched up really well with The Flash in a Marvel vs. DC fight. Uh, they match up really well with The Flash as a mismatch, mismatch so well matched that it matches marches back to matching again that was a lot of words yeah so where flash excels in speed you already know what i'm gonna say this person excels in strength so um yeah the hulk um okay great great classic marvel you mentioned that oh hulk didn't make it well here he is it's gonna be a big beefy 
ultimately destructive, massive, catatonic, explosive, crisis-inducing, monumental, massive, smooth R&B number. So I'm bringing you the credit song from Hulk Pantheon Saga for the PlayStation. Ooh, I'm glad we got some PlayStation on this episode. And on that note, you can find us, the episode, on all of your favorite podcatchers. Follow us on social media, at VGMVGM on Twitter. You can find Shukapow on um, Flat.io as Lloyd Irving for Smash. Join our Discord. Link is in the show notes. And don't forget on YouTube to smash that like button. All right, let's go out with a bang or with a smash. Once again, the title of the track, Prof. Jeff. It's the credits theme. I'm not sure if it, that one yeah. is actual. It's by Death Song and the Gamma Gang, so that's fun. And it's from Hulk uh, Pantheon Saga for the PlayStation. All right, everybody. Until next time, play very good games, be very good people, and keep listening to very good music. Music. Music.
Greetings, gamers. I'm Ben Roth. And I'm Prof. Jeff. And you're listening to the Season 3 finale, finally, of... BGM. What? This nope. is very good music? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Snicked. Uh, Blueberry! Oh, wait, that's right. <laughs> well, what? That's it's, right. it's BGM? I, I say very good music, and then you say a BGM podcast. Or swip. Okay. Man, it's been too long since I did this. Okay. Uh, ooh, I'm going to have to bleep the blooper reel. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Well, 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 you can the, use a superhero sound like I lasers. I definitely can. Snicked or swip. <laughs> or zot. Oh, wait, that was... You could dub what you just said right now into yeah. the blooper I, reel. I totally could. Time uh, travel. So no. ble- bleeping the blooper reel, but you know what? These podcasts are all about bleeps and bloops, right? So, <laughs> all right. <clears throat> are, you, are we still on the same take? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't stop. <laughs> Greetings, gamers. I'm Bedrock. <laughs> okay, three, two. I just, I love, I just love the growliness of the vocals, where it's like. It's gonna assassinate your ass. Tonight. <laughs> it's like me on the phone with that girl from Houston. Um, right. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, Professor Daddy. <laughs> ah, it's not cut, cut. Blooper, blooper reel. Code red. Um, uh, I believe she's like 20, 23, just for context. Um, yes, yeah. I'm, I'm, just, I'm, 20... I'm also over 18. Yeah. Well, uh, not, not to out you too much, you're, 20, you're 29 this year, right? Is that, is that a joke? I thought you were born in 92. No, you were born in 90. Batman the Animated Series was born in 92. Oh, okay. Uh, let's, yeah. uh, so you're, you're past the big three. We're, 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 not, we're not going to We're not gonna talk about this. Okay. We're going to talk about Scud. Scud. <laughs> <laughs> so who is... Man, someone better call the SDI clinic because that was sick as balls. <laughs> All right, everybody. Until next time... Play very good games, be very good people, and keep listening to very good... Oh, wait, we do this together now, but... We do? Yeah. Yeah. Last couple times. Okay. So okay. we're... we're yeah. 
Blooperill again. And keep listening to very good music. 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 X-Chicken. <laughs>